you are going to come up with the money to pay back what's owed. So we all received letters. Return to school, finish the game. Great. More teenagers. The Gargoyle King is one. Shut up and listen to me. Who shot her? Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale. What's up, y'all? This is Welcome to Riverdale. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review covering CW and Archie Comics Riverdale. I am your host, Rain Coleman. Thank you for showing up again this week. Riverdale is Riverdale. God damn. Now, while you're listening to this episode and while you're watching Riverdale live on the CW or on the CW app, or if it's a rerun or whatever, please use the hashtag WTRPod. Welcome to Riverdale. Now, before diving into this episode, I do want to go over an article that I saw by Variety, and this was on Twitter, where... Spinning off from her time in the small town of Riverdale, a now 20-something Josie sets off on a new adventure to make it in the big city. Whew! Ooh, Chile! Ooh, Chile! So, Ashley Murray from Riverdale, who plays um, Josie, of course, joins Katie Keene with a pilot at CW. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up is because we know how trash Riverdale is when it comes to dealing with black people, people of color, marginalized people, which was shown so prevalently in this latest episode. Now, Ashley Murray, who plays Josie McCoy on Riverdale, has signed on for a lead role in the Katie King pilot uh, currently in the works at CW. She is the first person to be cast in the pilot. Now, this spins off from her time in the small town of Riverdale, and she's now more determined than ever to break into the music industry. She wants to be the next Diana Ross. Now, I don't know who this Katie Keene is. If Listeners, if you know, hit me up, WTRPod, and let me know what's what, but I, I'm hoping that this means Josie is going to be a fully actualized character who can do shit on her own and have a whole goddamn life because we know... Riverdale has not done justice with her. Now, in addition to her time on Riverdale, Ashley has uh, appeared on shows like Younger and Alex Incorporated. Uh, She will also be in the upcoming film Valley Girl. So I'm glad that Ashley is out here getting these jobs, but I'm hoping that this character of Josie gets onto whatever this show is and does a damn good job and is able to be featured and, and get stories that uh, aren't trash. And fingers crossed, maybe even link back up with the Pussycats and make amends for the shit that Cheryl put them through. But I'm just happy that she's getting a shot at being a character who's more than just shucking and jiving, singing and dancing and being, you know, tormented for the purposes of the main four characters on Riverdale. That's my rant. <laughs> so kudos to you Ashley and I'll be looking out for you because you know I don't know how I do I'll probably end up reviewing that goddamn show too but I at least want to catch the pilot and see you know what it's about and hopefully that they do justice with her 
All right, y'all. Now, uh, now that that's over, we're moving into Riverdale. This is Chapter Forty Seven, Bizarro Dale. While planning their wedding, Sierra and Tom receive a message which forces the Midnight Club to reunite. Veronica and Reggie take drastic measures to clean up the mess that she created. Okay, Riverdale Season 3, Episode 12, Chapter 47, Bizarro Dale. Uh, I do want to take time out before even getting into this episode very deeply or whatever to uh, say, I guess, kudos to Riverdale. You have been renewed for a fourth season. And though I have my issues with Riverdale, it's like, damn, I've been at the, with this show since the beginning, and we're going on four seasons now. Like, this is this this is this is an accomplishment. So, if nothing else, um, some black folks and people of color are getting those consistent checks, and hopefully, they will do better by these people on this show. Now, a few things happened in this episode. Sierra and Tom are planning their wedding and we open up in the diner and I think Kevin says something like um why so soon or something or why not a big wedding and Sierra's like well we just finalized our divorces we want to hurry up and get married I'm like what the fuck you just finalized your divorces now you want to get married the next day but you know whatever to each your own uh Josie had a very get me body I want my body <laughs> hairstyle and I uh I thought that was that was that was cool. Uh I do like that her hair switches up, you know, from episode to episode and they are, you know, natural looks, different looks. I like that about her. Uh I don't know if it's just because the show only needs her every four months that maybe she, you know, just has different hairstyles and they just happen to catch her with a new one. But I do like that. Now uh we find out that Marcus, Marcus who is Moose's dad, who is over ROTC, always had a crush on Sierra. It's like, again, this show is retconning the fuck out of the every single thing. Every time a scene pops up, it's a retcon. And I'm, eh, I'm alright, but I'm just like, y'all, y'all doing the most. And some of this shit was very frustrating. Like, even with that, that wasn't, you know, bad. But I'm like, how are you, there's something to be said about showing and not telling. If this show had adequately laid out the black people on this show and giving them a story like you have everybody else, then maybe you wouldn't have to try to convince us that this Marcus character had a thing for Sierra. This makes absolutely no sense. Even if she thought that. And then once I got to the end of the episode, I questioned if that was even really true. Like, ugh, whatever. I was like, man, this is the first of many bullshit ass things y'all got going on. So, um, yeah, so we get to Reggie, oh, man, Reggie, that's, that's a good looking Asian man. So, Ooh, Reggie, <laughs> Ooh, Chile, Reggie. <laughs> now, uh, Cheryl is going through issues with like college entrance at Heather, he Heatherwood, he whatever this college is that she's trying to go to. And she, uh, sits in for this interview and this old lady is like, man, nah, man, say, look, you, you. I don't know, you got your shit together, but the board is now uh, looking for other, pretty much minorities and motherfuckers who ain't wealthy, because uh, Cheryl brings up that, well, I'm legacy on top of all the shit that I've done that was so great, I'm legacy. So we find out that her mom is the board member who's like, changed the entry requirements because she doesn't want Cheryl to be a part of this goddamn alma mater. I was like, oh God, this is taxing, this is exhausting. Nobody is consistent. 
Now, uh, the other thing, let's just follow that storyline. So pretty much Penelope is upset and she's still running her little brothel out of a hotel, I guess. And she's like, no, you can't come with my shit, Cheryl. Fuck you. You know, you set me on fire, all that good shit. So Cheryl and Tony eventually blackmail some some guys who come in from the brothel taking pictures of them. And her mom's like, oh, well, you know, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. And she's like, oh, mom, you know, we we like dominating too and pulls out a whip or some just some silly shit. And so her mom's like, okay, she caves in and allows for... Cheryl to be admitted to her alma mater. What I find so weird about this is they Penelope is not consistent. Either you're a hard ass or you're not. How is Cheryl able to get the upper hand from this grown ass woman who has been through shit her damn self all the time? To me, that doesn't speak to how great Cheryl is. It just speaks to how awkward and wrong they're handling this Penelope character. Uh, let's see. What's the next little storyline here we get? Uh, okay, so this is the thing that pissed me off. So, Josie's like, okay, if y'all don't want to have a big wedding, you have to let me throw your reception. Cool. So, Josie and Kevin, you know, convinces them. Kevin says something like, if if you don't throw a reception, that means the Gargoyle King has won. That's a little joking, whatever. And then, okay, that's cute. I, I'll take it. Josie goes to Sweet Pea, which I don't know. Is he living in a swamp? Is he living in a bunker? I don't know where this man lives. And she's like, yeah, I want you to be my date to my mom's reception or whatever. And he pretty much shuts her down like, you know, I can't, you can't keep toying with my heart. And we were together for that time in the summer and such and such and blah, blah, blah. And I can't be on this roller coaster ride with you. Again, show us, do not tell us. Why I'm pissed off is I think that if the relationship happened in the, the way that Sweet Pea said I would be okay with that. I'm not just taking uh, Josie's side because she's black. You know, fuck that. If you were toying with this boy's heart, then you need to get your shit together. The issue is that never fucking happened. What this show is doing is pretty much retconning the entire fucking season and trying to pull in shit from before as if they're supposed to make up for something. We are now on episode 12. Yeah, episode 12. This whole fucking season, we have not dealt with Josie, any interpersonal relationship. It has just been, Josie, you get up there and you sing and dance, you shuck and jive, and you be that magical negress, and that's fucking that. What do you mean? What don't, oh, and that's 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 pissing me off, because it's like, why not put in the work? Like, a lot of this shit could have been a little five-minute scene here, maybe a 20-minute scene, maybe one whole episode or half of an episode devoted to this black character who's just always in the background entertaining you motherfuckers. So it's like, this is bullshit. Like, oh, I can't keep going back and forth with you, Josie. What? Josie has not been on this show. Y'all keep fucking her over. That's, bro, that's, that is stupid. Like, don't try to cram this down our throats like that's supposed to make it okay. Oh, that's what... No, Betty has been running up and down this damn show doing dumb shit forever in a day. So is Archie. We did a whole goddamn dream sequence about him getting hit by a bear. And like, you mean to tell me you couldn't find a way to fit in five minutes every other episode to develop Josie's character past singing on stage? Man, that's trash. I, so again, if this had have been something they had shown us, throughout this season because it probably was some last minute ass idea that would have been okay but 
you're lying. You're lying to the audience. And I was wa- looking at the tweets while I was doing a little live tweet. And it's like, man, these... I find it funny that if there have been a thousand tweets, maybe seven of them have addressed how trash this show is when it comes to Josie, when it comes to Kevin, when it comes to Tony Topaz, when it comes to Reggie, these people of color. And I'm just like, man, is it just that these are a bunch of kids watching the show? Is it just that I'm so far removed from the target audience? Like, what is this? But I would imagine that there would be more outrage, but... Uh, and then we get to the most disgusting part of all is that eventually Archie and Josie end up kissing. What the fuck is that about? So following Josie's storyline, Josie goes to Sweet Pea, he cuts her down, and then she's Archie sees her in the music room, which this music room is junky as fuck. It's been this way since season one. Like, there's no order here. There's just like a bunch of stuff pushed against the wall. There's a big piano, but that's neither here nor there. What happens is is Josie is crying. Archie walks in. Oh, Josie, everything okay? She's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just Juilliard is coming two towns over, and I thought I could get Sweet Pea to take me, but, you know, he ain't fucking with me. And he's like, oh, well, are you guys dating? She's like, no. And even in the conversation with Sweet Pea, he was like, he, like, showed interest in being with her and being together. She's like, well, can't we just do, can't we just be friends and this and that? And I'm not saying that she's obligated to be with him, and I'm not saying that he's uh, wrong for feeling what he's feeling. It's just you haven't, this feels cheap. You are bullshitting your audience. Like, this, huh, whatever. So, uh, pretty much, Archie's like, yeah, I'll drive you to green that wherever the hell this thing is and i'll you know i'll be there supporting you and this and that he does it she gets ready to sing they cut away the commercial come back and she gets the letter which is like what is the time frame i'm thinking all of this stuff is happening within the course of a day apparently it's did they like hear josie sing and then give her a letter saying you aren't juilliard material because they are sitting they josie and archie are sitting at the diner and she opens a letter and it's like, we regret to inform you that you won't be coming back for a second audition, which I'm fine with. But what what time frame is this? Literally, they just left. It's like nighttime now. Anyway, so she's like, oh, you know, I just, I push everyone away and I build up these walls and I don't have any friends and no one is with me and Sweet Pea left me. Again, bullshit. The writers are trying to rectify the bullshit that they've done before. Josie didn't build up no walls. Y'all had Cheryl come through and get rid of Valerie and Melody. You never wrote in other characters for her to be friends with, black, white, or whatever. The relationship that she had with Cheryl that I was so amped about and standing for when it first happened ended up being some twisted shit that you did not address until the following season. And then when you did that shit, it was just like, oh, I'm so sorry, Josie. Will you ever forgive me? Oh, we just sang a song. I might as well forgive you. Yeah, it was bullshit. Oh, my God. So to even say, oh, I don't have any friends. Well, shit, she was running around. First of all, she was at Cheryl's summer mixer at the beginning of this season. She's been around everyone in Riverdale. Black, white, red, green, yellow, whatever. You've been around these people. Why the fuck? This show is so goddamn weird. You never made her have solid relationships. There, she has not been through anything. The relationships that she did have with those two black girls that you wrote off was something that could have been explored a bit more. You could have shown her with other black people, or even if it's going to be white folks, Mexicans, whoever, 
you aren't giving her anything to do outside of sing and be the object of uh, aggression for the other characters or to aid them in their storylines. Or to, It's just like, man, y'all fucking this girl over and you, you want to write it so that she's feeling bad for herself because she never made any friends? Y'all took all her fucking friends away or you made sure that she had none at all. It's like they, you forgot about this girl completely until it's time for her to sing it, but whatever. So Archie's like, no, you got friends. And honestly, though, I'm not a fan of Archie. Like he was right. Like, motherfucker, you got me. You got Betty. You got Jughead. You got Veronica. You got all these other people here that you apparently have grew up around. You just don't have your two black friends anymore or your black dad or whatever. So all in all, she doesn't get in. She's sad. And towards the end of the episode, like I said before, her and Archie are sitting there at the music room. And she's like, you know, this thing is I won't be able to sing or some shit. And he's like, well, um, the thing is, Josie, I wanted us to sing together. She's like, oh, yeah, why don't we? And they started singing. And uh, it was okay, whatever. They both either can sing, whatever the characters can sing. So it's not that it was a bad song. It just was whatever. So at the end of the song, Archie and her are standing like face to face. He's like, oh, Josie, can I kiss you? Which I'm happy he asked for consent. But why the fuck are you kissing her? I'm thinking for somebody who's so down on themselves for not having friends, you never mentioned the friends that you did have, Melody and Valerie. I mean, is it now written in the contract you can never mention them again? On top of that, why are you kissing this man who dated your friend? Archie, why are you kissing this girl? who was best friends with your ex-girlfriend. Like, what is... And I get it that kids do things, silly shit and whatever, but y'all don't know if these are kids or adults. You can't keep switching back and forth. That being said, why are y'all interacting like this at all? Like, this is disgusting. And not because interracial relationships are disgusting. It's just that you two are trash in this moment. And by you two, I really am talking about the writers of this show. You mean there's no... The other thing I'm pissed about is that Archie, who is, for all intents and purposes, a white man, he's white passing. You take Josie from kicking it with Sweet Pea, who I think is, again, I said before, maybe Latino. Uh, you get rid of Chuck. You bring him in. You bring him back in with this, like, redemption story, and they kind of kicking and get together. Then you have her black mom with aggression run off the black boy on this show. So he's never returned. He never came back. They developed something that was like he proved himself to her within that episode, which I think was honestly a pretty good episode up until that point. He proved himself to her that he could do better and that he liked being around her. He did everything he needed to do. But no, who fucked it up? Cheryl fucked it up. And also Mayor McCoy. You get rid of him. Then we have Reggie. There was a thing between Reggie and Josie before. This is the relationship that I would like to see. I'm sure there's been relationships like this since the early 2000s, but I can't recall anything offhand outside of Jet Li and Aaliyah, this interesting black woman, Asian male, whatever. You split them up, and now you, Archie, she ends up with Archie? Like, man, this is this is trash. I'm, I'm not here for it at all. Hashtag not here for it. Uh, additionally, this Ascension Night shit. Let's see. So, somebody has left a letter on... Uh, the hotel room of Mayor McCoy, or Lawyer McCoy and Tom. They're in their little honeymoon suite. And honestly, after all the shit I just said about Josie, I do actually like Sierra and Tom. I like seeing them together. They're both attractive. They're both of a certain age. I like that they look 
regular. Not that they, I mean, he's fit and she's fit as well. And not to say when you get older, you need to get fat or you need to uh, be unhealthy or whatever. What I'm saying is that they look convincing. They look like two older people who are conventionally attractive and would be together. Uh, but I'm just thinking, you putting all this emphasis on Mary McCoy and Tom, where was this at when she was with Josie's dad? And if I recall correctly, they were married. Now, I may be wrong, and I'm, I'm so this ain't the hill I die on, but if they were married, I don't remember her ever saying they got a divorce. Or they may have been separated. All that being said, why aren't they together? This like fun, lovey-dovey shit that you got going on with these two. Why haven't you done that with these two? With Josie's mom and dad. It's uh, it's just like, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is this show is really fucking up. Then we get to Veronica, who her mom is talking to her and Reggie. She's like, look, y'all got to come up with the money for the shit that you made me lose on this deal. And... They're like, oh, how can we do that? She said, Laban, no, we, and Pops, I don't care what you do. You need to get it and, and make it work. So Veronica does. But the big thing is <sighs> Reggie's like, oh, we can steal the money from my dad because the money that it'll make up for the shit that we, we short on. I think his dad either runs a bank or maybe a car dealership. I don't know what kind of business his dad has. Uh, he's like, well, we can go in the daytime because he only got security at night when the place closed and this and that. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. And I'm just like, y'all keep doing ignorant stuff. You done set a whole ton of drugs on fire in the middle of a beach, think you badass, after you sent this man into his death, into the prison to steal all these drugs. How he got in and got out and also got out with the drugs is beyond me. So you do all this, and now you letting him rob his father with the gargoyle mask on so they'll think it was one of them and when he does he gets shot and he gets in the car and veronica drives away but it's like this is such a weird series of events why are we doing this funny part though they get back to laban noe or the bar or whatever and open up the sack of money to see a die pack but even with that i'm like you didn't rob a bank i don't think his dad owns a bank why was there a die pack? Maybe he does. I don't know. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But we find out later that Jughead's mom is the buyer. That was another thing that I really liked about this episode. Gladys Jones is back in town. And I liked And she's here to stay. So she pretty much tells Veronica and Reggie, don't tell my son about this. Um, I'm going to take this money. I have to clean it. I have to launder it. I am okay with y'all paying me in, in, in installments. But let me take Reggie's car. Okay, whatever. It was a good little scene. They're surprised because they're like, oh, you're you're a jughead's mom. I can't believe this. Cool. Now, we go to the Ascension Night. So somebody left a note on uh, Mayor McCoy's room service table, whatever. Talking about, all oh, y'all got to come back and reenact it's, it's Ascension Night. I'm sick of that because that was a good episode in itself. We didn't have to see you come back with this ascension night midnight club mess but they did whatever so all the adults climb in through the window and go back to the high school and whatever else i'm thinking y'all grown y'all kids been in and out of this school forever in a day y'all couldn't just walk in through the front door we find out everybody's accounted for except for penelope she's screaming and shouting they run to her in the classroom and there's this big thing talking about fooled you or tricked you or something it's written in what looks like blood on the wall of the uh of the classroom 
taking a couple steps back because we'll put a pin in that. Moose and Kevin are going back and forth, and Kevin's like, look, nigga, ultimately, after all of this shame, because he gets caught in the uh, music room by Moose's dad, Marcus, he's like, man, if you're going to be with me or you're not, you know, you got you to gotta either be gay and come out or you got to leave me alone, and I'm going to respect your decision either way. Now, within this, Josie, Josie, uh, Cheryl talks to Kevin. She's like, oh, you know, you look sad. And he's like, oh, this is boy I like. And she's like, oh, you talking about Moose? Yeah, he's talking about Moose. And what's also pissed me off about this show, it has been established that everyone knows that him and Moose are a thing. They, like, since season one. Why, why are we now acting as if this is some DL thing that no one knows that Moose and him are together or that Moose is gay? This is stupid. Additionally, she's like, oh, man, you need to meet some other guys. He says, I can't go back to Fox Forest. Again, fucking over these gay characters. Why in the entire hell is Kevin even going to Fox Forest, this cruising, sex in the wood, gay stereotype? Why are y'all reinforcing this? So she says, no, don't do that. Check out this app, Bumble, which is the, like, dating dating or hookup app or something. She said, you can find a guy who's out and proud and gay and have a good time. What I want to know is they've already mentioned other like gay dating hookup apps in this show. I want to say from season one, and I know it had to be season two. So why are they pushing this Bumble shit so hard? Because they pushed it last episode with Reggie. Additionally, this is like a dating app where you have to be 18 in order to join. This show is targeted for, it's like a YA show. So I'm sure it's towards like high school kids. Why are you... I guess Bumble paid for advertising space. Like, okay, when they did the Love, Simon stuff, that made sense. It's a movie. You know, it was PG-13, I think. I don't know. I didn't see it, but it's a movie. This is a whole dating app. Why are you pushing this? This It's weird. It's weird. So, my thing is, first of all, let's not kid ourselves. Kevin is tall, conventionally attractive. He has... Big blue eyes, a decent, a, a very nice body. I don't say decent because he's fit. He has a decent body, very nice body, and he is. I don't know. On paper, he's everything that a white gay would want. He's a conventionally attractive, tall guy, and of a certain socioeconomic status. Why are we kidding ourselves into thinking that he's just oh this undesirable gay who can't get a date, or he can only get a date if he's in the woods sleeping with me? This is such a weird thing. It's just so weird. As I don't know. Again, the handling of this is ridiculous. So Cheryl, which in true Cheryl fashion, is like oh well maybe we can help you out a little bit. She goes into the morning announcements. Me, Cheryl Blossom, your first lesbian student body president. I'm here to say we got a gay dude on campus. I'm this is not verbatim, and everybody celebrate this. You know, ROTC gay guy and his Broadway loving boyfriend. So Cheryl just outed Moose, and uh, Tony cussing to her like, "What if his dad had heard that?" That comment there made me feel like, okay, well, everyone, again, knows that Moose is gay. We just know that his father is does not know he's gay, and so that's why we're not... And why would I even tell his dad? Cheryl does the trashies. Like, she does the stupidest shit. Like, why would you... Just like how she handled that shit with Josie from seasons before, you just outed this man. She's like, oh, I never said his name. First of all, you mentioned the ROTC, which takes it from the entire student population to about, I don't know, 20, 30 guys. 
add to that, you said his Broadway loving boyfriend. Everyone knows that clearly Kevin is the only gay person in this town or in this school. He loves Broadway. He put on a whole goddamn play. So all we got to do is look at him. Who are the men he spends most of his time with? Who are the men he spends his time with who are in ROTC? That's one person. It's like, how do you do this? How do you, how do you do something so heinous and so disgusting? And then they ultimately get, let her off with a slap on the wrist. At the end of the episode, she was like, oh, I'm sorry, Moose. I shouldn't have done that. That's a personal decision. He's like, you know what? That's okay, Cheryl. I didn't like it, but that's okay. It worked out for the better. My dad is okay with me being gay now. What? I just, it's the same thing as when she apologized to Josie. It's like, I like Cheryl, but this is garbage. This is I don't know. So pretty much what happens is the adults go through, they do all that little midnight club bullshit, which they're trying to shoehorn, shoehorn Tom in here as if Tom was part of the midnight club. He was not. I don't understand why he's a part of this. This is silly. So what happens is everyone has to call their kids and make sure the kids are safe because the Gargoyle King tricked them into going to the school and whatever. Everybody is safe and accounted for, though all the kids are about to fuck or are currently fucking like a Sense8 sex scene, which is weird as hell. Uh, and Moose and, and Kevin just got done having sex, and they're in the bunker. We open the bunker doors, and in comes the, all these gargoyles. They pull them, they whoop their ass for one, then pull them out and bring them to the, I don't know, campsite and make them drink from the chalice well as soon as they get ready to we hear gunshots and fp shows up pull the mask off all of the gargoyles it's these young boys pulls the mask off the gargoyle king and who else but <sighs> moose's dad marcus so going back to the beginning of the episode his explanation is he liked uh he was close with uh fucking tom Kevin's dad from when they were kids. I don't know if he really liked uh, Mayor McCoy Sierra or not, whatever. I think he did, but he was like, oh, we were really close until I tried to kiss Tom. This is Marcus. Moose's dad tried to kiss Tom, Kevin's dad, and he pulled away. And then, this is all happening through flashback. It was like, and then, you know, they're getting married. And then my son comes out, and I find out that he's in love with Tom's son, who's a splitting image of him because we got Kevin playing his dad in the flashbacks, which, you know, is I'm good. I'm fine with that because they do kind of favor, at least physically. And what I'm thinking while I'm watching this is, one, why are you spilling your guts? This is ridiculous. Why are you telling on yourself? And then two, even, even though you're in police custody, there you have no incentive to tell on yourself. Why are you telling this? And then why is we retconning it? Like, it was just, it was weird. I don't know. Watch the episode. It was, it was honestly a pretty solid episode. I'll say for all my critiques, it had a beginning, middle, and end, and it was very contained. Though they kind of stretched out to other seasons and threw in that flashback, it was a really solid um, episode that stood... I ain't gonna say stand on its own, but it 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 I felt satisfied at the end, uh, but it just it was weird. Uh, as far as favorites, my favorite has to go to Josie and Kevin because they keep doing them wrong. Uh, favorite scene, all the ones with Josie. I just I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. <laughs> so hopefully Josie does get that spinoff and get the hell out of Riverdale because there ain't nothing for her here at all.
So, thanks for listening in to this episode of Welcome to Riverdale. I do appreciate you guys. While you're listening, use that hashtag WTRPod. Please like, share, review, comment, rate, all that good stuff. Go on over there to SoundCloud while you're listening and type me a message or two. Let me know you're listening. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Do you feel as if Josie is being treated wrongly? Same for Kevin and for Reggie. Or do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Please let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag WTRPod. Make this a conversation. Since Riverdale does have that season four, there'll probably be a season four. Uh, with the caveat that if that Josie show picks up, I might just scratch Riverdale and just dive into that, you know, going forward. Uh, but that being said, y'all, thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, love you guys. Love you so much. And until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And in order to be successful, just be cis, hetero, and white on Riverdale. Um, at least you'll get more screen time. <laughs> All right, bye.